Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports. We have a great episode coming at you in a few, but first we have to tell you about all of the places you can find us. BleacherBrawls.com is the home for our Yankees and Red Sox columns, football, basketball, soccer content, as well as movie reviews, quizzes, and plenty of trash talk. Our YouTube channel has a few videos a week with picks, predictions, our prospect pipeline series, and more. Our main social media hub is Twitter, at Bleacher Brawl, where you can give us any feedback, ask us any questions, follow us to be the first to hear about our latest content. This podcast is available on your listening app of choice, and when you finish listening to today's super exciting episode, you'll want to drop us a five-star review. Let's get on with the show. And we're back with the good guys. It is a surprise, a Yankee episode here at Bleacher Brawls. You know, score one for the good guys. You know what I mean? We don't got to deal with those silly Red Sox clowns. Even though Kasim and I love Joey, he couldn't be here tonight because we gave him the boot. John's <laughs> filling in. We got a first Yankee show of 2023. This is freaking awesome. What's going know. on, fellas? Not much, man. Here we are. Back with the boys again. John oh, filling in. I like it. It's been a while. It really has been. I'm so excited to be back, guys. I've been spending week after week. Luke intentionally stacked the deck against me when we broke out this whole off-season recording schedule. He knew he was putting me in with a bunch of Red Sox fans, and I was going to be outnumbered. That was intentional. That devious little... Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's so... like. No, seriously, I'm recording with Luke, who's like Dr. Evil, and you got Pat, who's basically mini-me to Luke's Dr. Evil, so uh, <laughs> it's cool, but yeah, like dealing with those two, Luke and his lackey, I am uh, very happy to be on with some Yankees fans tonight. Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, Just, obviously, that might be John's first pitch, is that he's glad to be back with the on the Yankee show. Um. But first pitch, anything going on in everyone, anyone's like personal lives outside of Bleacher Brawls, Kasim, anything with you? Um, no, everything has been good. It's just uh, here in Detroit, we, you know, we lost power for almost uh, four days. And, you know, I had power, thank God, but I had the whole family here. So it was like an entourage. Oh, man. But it was good. It kept the baby busy. The baby was happy. But, uh, you know, everything besides that, uh, everything's been fine. It's just, you know, the weather just was killing us. It's that time of year. I know for myself yeah. today, um, or at the time of this recording is February 28th, and I'm in North Jersey. We had a, you know, not a terrible snowstorm because nothing's really that terrible, but it was, it was, you know, we had a the most snowfall we had of the year so far. So I actually had off of work today, which is I work at a school, so they canceled school for us. Awesome. A little bit of perspective going on there, but we've got a great action-packed show for you, Yankees-based, of course. We're gonna. We got a couple things here. We got a couple mailbag questions. Um, we're actually going to, John's going to get a little section. You know, we have Joey's woes, but we're going to have John's Boston beatdown tonight. And he's going to address some of those Red Sox guys on the um, Monday morning show because those guys are schlubs. Um, they're going to talk a little Yankee spring training, some pitching, infield, outfield. All right. So let's, uh, let's hop into it. Um, real quick, New York Yankees. Did a little like team bonding outing. They did a little mini golf session, and Nestor Cortez was the ace, and he dominated, and he like crushed everyone in mini golf. And it got me think like it was just like one of those things like 
yo, who's probably the best in New York Yankee at darts or cornhole or, you know, just those silly, stupid yard games that like has nothing to do with baseball, like Jenga, like that big Jenga that you see at restaurants or like kids, like carnivals and stuff like that. Who's the best big Jenga player on the New York Yankees? John. Jenga player, man. You had me going. I was thinking darts, and now you throw Jenga at me. I got a curveball right off the bat to start this. Best Jenga player player has to be someone with good hands. Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Like I know he's struggling <laughs> a little this season, but the guy does. He seems to have that soft touch, gold glove winner at third base. I think he's the guy I would think would be the best at Jenga. Cassim. I would say Ben Rovit, but you know he's always hurt, Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. But you can forget about it. <laughs> or Shioka, which he blows. <laughs> I can't. Uh, Rovit's the best the bicep curls. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, best Jenga good. player for me, I think I'd go Jose Trevino. For Probably. I thought he was. I just feel like he's pretty good at that like game. Literally no reason, no base on that, but. You know, whenever I think of like silly yard games and stuff like that, I'm just like, who would be the best at that? And that's where my brain goes immediately. Like, I know for, you know, if we were to min- if we were to have a Bleacher Brawls mini golf outing, I know Luke is coming in last. Actually, no, Derek's probably coming in last, then Luke. Um, I'm not going to lie. I feel like John would probably dominate. I am a very good mini golfer. Uh, I get locked in and I just, like, you have to get me fired up. So, like, if you want me the better of a mini golfer for me to be, start talking trash to me. And then I just get locked in and I dominate from that point on. And you get the Larry, Larry Bird effect going on right there. Oh, yeah. Larry Bird, baby. Um, but anyway, moving on, we actually had a couple questions from Twitter. So, I'm going to read out those questions um, and then I'm going to let you guys answer them. Um, this first question comes from, uh, at Miss Yankee on Twitter. Uh, will Volpe play this year at all? And how about Jason Dominguez? What are your guys thoughts? Uh, go ahead, John. I think just knowing the way the Yankees are, they're going to hold them back another year to make sure they're ready. And I think that's a mistake, at least if Volpe's a little bit older. So if Volpe's ready, I think you give him a chance. Dominguez, I understand because he is a bit younger. If he can play, he can play. I mean, we've seen other guys do it. Juan Soto, Ken Ken Griffey Jr., guys that come up with their teams. So if Dominguez can do it, I'd say let him do it. I don't think they're going to let either of those guys play, though. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, Volpe does have a shot. I mean, they're all saying the right words. He could make the starting shortstop. He could do this, but I just I don't see it. I could see him going to the minors. Dominguez hasn't even reached reached AAA yet, so I I just don't see him. Plus, he's hitting against uh, a guy who hasn't ever made the majors, and he got a home run. Every Yankee fan's like, yeah, he should be our starting left field. Like, dude, he hasn't even played AAA yet. Like, he's going back to where he started. To quote the great movie Major League, like, he hit a home run. It's like, yeah, off a guy that would be bagging groceries (laughs) in a a couple of weeks. That's right. That's right. I I agree. I, I I don't think either of them will be in the majors in 2023, assuming that the New York Yankees are healthy, you know, they're firing all on all cylinders. I mean, if they were to be absolute crap, I could totally see them selling off guys. You know, once again, I'm not saying that it will happen, but it's one of those things where, hey, trade trade deadline comes around. Yankees are sitting in fourth place and they're not really doing anything because they had a bunch of injuries. 
you know, and I, I'm just going to place all the blame like the Red Sox did last year on injuries other than them just being crap. But like, hey, you might see Connor Fleffa go. You might see Donaldson get DFA'd. You might see Glaber get moved to try and like get some new pieces in. And that's when I could see like a guy like Anthony Volpe come to come up <laughs> to the majors. But in reality of things, I don't think these guys are seeing the major league ball in 2023. Uh, I could I could see Volpe, uh, Dominguez no, uh, Peraza Peraza is going to make the team. He just I think as a backup infielder, but uh, you know Volpe has a shot. But I've been watching Volpe closely, so he looks all right. But we'll see. Yeah, so he doesn't blow yet. <laughs> Not yet. No, doesn't blow yet. <laughs> Not yet. He hasn't gotten that that treatment yet. So <laughs> it's only it, to be honest, Anthony Volpe. I know you're listening out there. It's only a matter of weeks till Casim's like, ah, you blow, and you just yeah, gotta shrug it off because that's New York media. So uh, next Twitter question uh, from at Iraq twenty three ten: Which organization will pick up Florial after Cashman gets rid of him? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, Cass. I'm gonna let you handle this one. I know you love this guy. Oh yeah, I love Florio. Uh, too bad he's gonna be designated for assignment. Uh, I know he doesn't have no options remaining. So if he does get, if he if he doesn't make the team, I could see like, I mean, well, it doesn't hurt. I mean, the Tigers don't have no outfield. Might as well ship them there. I don't mind. <laughs> the Detroit. You're saying Detroit, uh, John? Yeah. Where are you at? Uh, I'd say probably Oakland or Washington, somewhere where they're not going to pay him anything and just need to body a guy out there to fill a spot. I just figured, uh, for me, I think Florial will end up in Pittsburgh, like uh, Andujar. Brian Reynolds is disgruntled. He requested for a trade. They'll need a guy. Maybe, you know, Florial ends up in Pittsburgh. Uh, That's my honest opinion. I don't know. It's going to be a team not trying to win. <laughs> so, oh, so the Red Sox, he'll end up in Boston. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Phenomenal. So, but, hey, if you're listening and you have questions for us, reach out Reach out anywhere. You can reach out to any of us individually. Um, you can reach out to Casim. You can reach out to John. You can reach out to me uh, if you're listening to this on App of Choice. If you just click the description, you'll find our Twitters there. Or you can reach uh, uh, reach us on Twitter at Bleacher Brawl, and we'll answer your questions. Yankees, Red Sox, baseball in general. So we're here to cover it all. Uh, Monday morning, you were tuning in, and you listened to John and three buffoons as Luke would call Yankee fans. Three buffoons were just like, oh, hey, there's poking the bear, poking the bear, poking the bear. And you know what? I want to let John, like, blow some of that steam because I know he's going to beat down some of these Red Sox guys. So, John, instead of doing Joey's woes where we would give Joey a little segment where he can just kind of complain about whatever he wants, this is your time. You get to beat down those Boston fools. So you and got... I am up and ready for it because you guys listening didn't see it, but these guys on camera just saw me kill this gigantic mosquito with like a shirt, like just whipping a shirt, trying to hit kill something. So I'm ready to go. Like, look, like I said, I am recording with uh Dr. Evil and Mini Me, old WCW Hulk Hogan and Bruce the Barber Beefcake, uh <laughs> Hans of the Seven Isles and the Duke of Weasel Town. All right, I get jumped every week and uh I make great points about the Red Sox and I get attacked. And not only that, this week, even better, I still had to take about Kike Hernandez that actually 
enraged some Boston fans on Twitter. So that's fantastic. Thank you, you guys. I know I really struck a chord there. And it was all over the fact that, like, Kike Hernandez, Luke wants this guy to take on a leadership role, or he wants to take on – Kike himself wants to take on a leadership role with Boston. And my take on that was, like, Kike Hernandez is just some C-level guy. Like, he's just a guy. He's nothing great. Like, he can't be the leader of your team. He can be a leader, but you need your best players to be the leader because he's not going to go up to Raphael Devers, who, if you guys look, like, he's got a body type where he's going to get fat. So, Kike Hernandez isn't going up to Raphael Devers and saying, like, hey, Rafi, you need to eat right. You need to hit the gym. Raphael Devers is going to be like, I make $30 million a year. Like, who are you? Like, you aren't going to talk to me. You know, he's you've got guys – like pitchers like Chris Sale and James Paxton who don't really pitch a lot. Like Kike Hernandez is going to go up to them and be like, yeah, suck it up. Like you guys got to pitch. Like both of those guys are going to tell them to get lost. Like Kike Hernandez can't be the leader. Like you need somebody else. You need Raphael Devers who's aloof. He's not going to take that. He doesn't seem like he's the type of guy that's going to take on that role. And that's great. That's good for the Yankees because that's a problem in the Red Sox right away uh, in the clubhouse. And I just dealt with a lot of arguments that didn't really make sense or was just reaching for anything. Um, I think it's fantastic that Kike Hernandez won a World Series in a fake season. Um, it doesn't count, and I don't think that holds much clout in the Red Sox locker room. And to call Luke out, this is the other part I don't want to forget. As you guys know, Luke is the first one to question everybody's integrity. Like, any chance you say anything, he's questioning your integrity. That's called deflecting because this guy has no integrity. If the Yankees a couple years ago get Kike Hernandez and say now, like, oh, Kike Hernandez is going to be taking on leadership role of the Yankees, Luke would be the first one to say, oh, Aaron Judge isn't going to listen to Kike Hernandez. That World Series in 2020 doesn't count. Oh, he got them to the ALCS to lose. Oh, yeah, that means a lot. They're gonna That holds a lot of clout in the locker room. Like, at least Luke can be consistent with this message. Just accept that maybe Kike Hernandez could be a leader, but not the leader. Um, I realize it's all part of Pine Bloom's secret plan, as Luke likes to say. But this one's just a complete mistake. There you have it. You got John, you feeling a little bit better? You could you look visibly more relaxed. <laughs> I feel fantastic. This John Rance thing, I think this could actually be a pretty nice segment for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna come up with a nice little name for that section. But I was trying to say earlier today, you know, in in the Bleacher Balls group chat, you know, you probably saw me going to war with these guys. I was just like, listen, I'm listening. I was like, that Red Sox show? I mean, Sunday night, Monday morning show, whatever. It's the Red Sox show. It's the the Red Sox show, the guy that talks about the Yankees and gets attacked every now and then. You know what that show is like? It's like one person going to the zoo, John, looking at the monkey exhibit, the Red Sox guys, and they're just in last place picking up crap and throwing at each other because they can't agree on any one thing. They're like, oh, well, this guy, this guy, this guy. No, and then they turn and see John, who's just looking at the monkey exhibit, and throw the crap at him. They bond over throwing crap at people because that's Boston. Absolutely. Like, they look at me not covered in crap and be like, there's something wrong with him. He's not covered in crap. (laughs) And then... Yeah, it's just – we're going to end this little bit, but the last thing I had was talking with Luke in, in, in the group chat that at Bleacher, Bro, Bleacher Brawl's headquarters. You know, you're listening to him on a podcast. It's literally like helping your dad fix something when you're a little kid. First thing first, you can never do anything right as the kid. You just can't. And what's your first job? 
son, hold the flashlight, hold it right here. And no matter where you're holding, he can point right here. You can hold the light right there. You're still holding it not wrong. You're like, oh, oh. you're like, dad, I'm holding it right there. He's like, no, son, move it over there. Move it over there. Like Luke's just always deflecting. He's like always moving it up, moving the spot around. No, point the light there, point the light there, point the light there. And then the, the other one is just like the only other time that you and Luke can agree on something, just like when you're a kid helping your dad, is when you're bonding over something your mother did. Like, hey, yeah, mom made this or did that. Oh, yeah, son, you're right. Like, the only time you and Luke can ever agree on something is if someone else does something stupid and moronic. So, Luke, shut the hell up. You have no integrity. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. No integrity at all. And I have to say, all you Yankees fans are like, oh, my God, this show sounds horrible. Well, it's horrible for me to have to put up with it. But for you guys, I strongly suggest listening to it because my dad – Loves listening to Luke because he says all kinds of crazy stuff and it makes my dad laugh. So if you guys need any Yankee fans out there that are listening to this, I'm actually encouraging you to listen to the show because you're going to come out of this cracking up. Like, you'll get mad, you'll laugh, you'll be like, is this guy serious? And then at the end, you're going to say, Luke, no integrity. You got no integrity. Luke, last thing is, here's some Charmin. It's for the poop that's coming out of your mouth. All right, moving on. Now the Yankees talk. Uh, New York Yankees spring training, a lot of things have been going on. Obviously, right before the season starts, Frankie Montas, he's probably not going to pitch. All right, maybe he's going to come back for the second half. He's, I'm not counting. I'm counting him out, basically. Counting him out. You know, so it's like, oh, is it going to be Domingo Herman? Is it going to be Clark Schmidt? Clark Schmidt has actually looked pretty good. You know, um, I'm going to read a direct quote right here. Uh, this is from the captain, Aaron Judge. In quote, uh, besides the movement and the command he has all uh, he has with all his pitches, his presence on the mound, he's a bulldog out there. He's attacking hitters. It doesn't matter if it's two strikes or he's down in the count. He's going after guys. That's who you want to play behind. So Clark Schmidt's getting the captain's endorsement. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on it. Cassim, uh, I'll start with you. I mean, that's good. He's doing well in spring training, but uh, I don't want to see him as a starting pitcher. I'd rather see him come out of the bullpen. I think Domingo Herman these last couple of years, I think, you know, whatever has happened to him. But from the article that I read in the New York uh, Post, to say his mind is in the right place, he's healthy, he's ready to go. Uh, like I said, if Montas was hurt, uh, they're saying second half return, hopefully it was a bad trade by Cashman. John, I agree with you. I got to agree with you on that. Um, I want to Luis Castillo, but uh, Domingo Herman, I think as a fifth start is excellent. Uh, he's He's shown that he could pitch and... I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. He's shown that he's, he, he's uh, capable of pitching seven, eight, nine innings, you know, strikeout pitcher when he's on. Uh, for me, I like Domingo Herman as my fifth starter. That's who I'm going to roll with. You know, for me, in a perfect world, and I know Barnes will agree about it with me because we agreed about it last season, the fifth starter I'd like to see for the Yankees right now would actually be J.P. Sears, the guy the Yankees traded to get, one of the guys the Yankees traded to get Montas. I thought Sears, me and Barnes thought he pitched pretty well last season. I don't know what Kasim thought, but me and Barnes both said, hey, this kid came out, looked like he had the right mentality and pitched pretty well. So, I mean, yeah, I, I would love to still have that guy. But given what we have, you're saying Herman and uh, Clark Schmidt, it's, you know, you know what you have with Herman, who I do think is really good stuff. But if this is true, then that Clark Schmidt just has the right mentality, the bulldog mentality, 
Um, sometimes with being a pitcher, it, it is about your, what's in your head. It is about your guts. And that kind of attitude can translate. So if that's really who he is, I mean, look, I know he's playing low-level spring training competition right now, but if he keeps translating throughout camp, getting closer and closer to the season, if that's who Clark Schmidt continues to be, like, let's give him a shot. What's the worst that can happen? You know, not that much can go wrong in April and May anyway. Absolutely. And I think what's interesting is, and John, you just brought it up, Clark Schmidt's facing, you know, low-level spring training competition. You know, you're not going – you might face a couple regular uh, regular hitters, you know, maybe once, maybe twice through an order, depending on how many innings <clears throat> you're letting go. Clark Schmidt, in his first spring training start, went two full innings. And out of the six outs, he had five strikeouts. You know, once again, take it with a grain of salt, you know, against his competition. But he's getting the strikeouts. And I think a big part of it was, and Clark talked about it a little bit, is that he introduced a cutter to his pitch mix that I think could be really good. You know, he's a pretty good fastball, pretty good slider. And I think, you know, it was like one of those things where when Mariano introduced that cutter to him, it seemed like he was just unstoppable. So I'm wondering if maybe the cutter helps him out a, a lot, you know, especially if he gets a starting role or if he gets that long reliever role, you know, once again, we're not pitching coaches. We're not, Hey, you know what? Next time we get Joe on the show, Joe Asanio, friend of the show. Um, we'll ask him what he thinks of the cutter, you know, and how it helps pitchers out, you know, but moving on to the next pitcher I want to talk about is Luis Severino. You know, I think he's going to be huge for the Yankees this year, you know, kind of where he's slated in. He's kind of like the fourth starter right now. So, Paul, Rodon, Cortez, Severino in your fourth in your fourth spot. That's pretty freaking good, you know. Luis Severino's in a contract year. Um, he's been saying that, you know, to quote Luis Severino, this is the only team, the only family that I know. Of course, I want to spend the rest of my life wearing these this uniform. It's going to be a negotiation. It's going to be part of the game. Free agency, there's a lot more teams. But, of course, I want to finish my career here. You know, he's saying the right things. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not completely his decision. It's all talk. You know, Kasim loves to talk because talk is cheap. You got to go out there and do it. What do you think that Luis Severino needs to do to still be a Yankee next season, 2024? What do you think you'll have to do this year? Go ahead, John. It's all yours. Well, for me, I think one is stay healthy and pitch. I don't expect 30 starts out of Severino, but if you could get like 25 starts out of Severino, which would be a bump from last season, I think that'd be pretty nice. And that's always been the question with Marco Severino. It's like, the guy can't stay healthy and that's a problem. So how many years and how much money do you want to invest in a guy where you know, like you're saying, oh, man, it'd be nice to get 25 starts out of him. And, you know, how deep is he going to go into some of those games as well? So, yeah, I like him. Uh, I've liked him. And if it works, if you could find figure out a contract that works that keeps him with the Yankees, I'd be cool with that. But, like, I'm not going to overpay for a guy that I just don't know how often he's going to be pitching. Just to let you guys know, I did like J.P. Sears. He was a pretty good pitcher. All right. <laughs> I like them in the bullpen too, but his his starts were not that bad. Uh as for Luis Severino, I'm a big fan of him. Always have been, always will be. Uh I know he always says, Oh, the, you know, I know I'm a free agent. This is the team, this is my family, this is the place where I always wanted to be. Uh I think the bridge has been burned. That's my opinion. After what happened last year, 
when they gave them a program and telling them this is when you're going to pitch, this is when you're going to shut down. I do believe Seve's going to have a good year. I do believe if he's healthy, he's going to get paid. I think he's going to be one of the biggest reasons uh, for us to get to the World Series. It's going to be really his health and his performance. But if you want to sit here and be honest, talking on February 28th, if somebody had to give me a prediction on what's going to happen with Luis Severino at the end of the year, I said it from the beginning of last year that I believe Severino's gone. It's not about money. I just think the bridge has been burned. I think Cashman and the ownership, I think they did him wrong They should by shutting him down. And I know he hasn't been healthy. That's not his fault, but, you know, injuries does happen. And, hope, you know, he, when he got healthy last year, he pitched well. So if he's healthy this year, uh, I can't wait to see what he has. I just believe he's gone. That's just my opinion. So, Cass, starts, oh. Cass, do you think that, like, is there anything that he could do to make the Yankees bring him back? Is that what you're saying? Like, or is he just gone no matter what? I think the bridge has been burned, Barnes. I really, I really believe it. Uh, do I believe the Yankees could show him the money? Yeah. But there's other teams that could show him the money too. But, um, uh, God, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I hope I can eat my words and, and he tells me to shove it, but uh, I hope you're wrong too. Yeah, respectfully. I mean, <laughs> I love, I love. Like I said, I want Severino to stay. I just believe over the years, I think the bridge has been burned between him and the Yankee organization. That's the way I feel about it. I don't want him to leave. I think, I think he's what we rejected a Chris Sale deal when he was with the White Sox, so we don't include Severino. That was a deal that was on the table when he was with the White Sox, Chris Sale. So I don't want Severino to go. I really. I think his uh, his potential fully when healthy, to me, he could be, his stuff is like really dominant. His stuff is really, really dominant. He could, he, that ball comes out of his hand like gas. I mean, it's like fire. Uh, you know, I just, with him, it's just always been health, but he has the stuff. It's very electric. And I hope it's, I, I, I really hope he stays. I think he is going to have a good year. I really believe he could win. Look, hot take. I think Severino. I think Severino wins eighteen games if healthy. That's wow. a hot take. I really believe it. That's Severino's good. Take our, take it to the bank. And Severino is going to be our number three starter. I think Nestor will be our four, and Severino is our three. I think they're going to go righty, lefty, Cole, Rod, uh, Rodon, Severino, and then Nestor. Ah, interesting. Severino, Severino is that good. He re, before all of his injuries, you guys all remember. Of course, he was, up there with the, he was up there with the elite. He really was. Yeah, that's absolutely. How good, that's how good his stuff was. I freaking love Severino. I he's actually one of my guys for 2023. You know, I wrote about it on a quick article on bleacherbrawls.com. Make sure you check our, our articles out. You know, for me and to John, to John and Casman's point, I in that article I wrote, I think Louis Severino is going to make 25 plus starts. He's going to get 15 or more wins. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to have an ERA under 3.25. And he's going to have over 150 strikeouts this year. That's what I'm thinking. You know, Cassim's shooting a little higher for 18 wins. Yeah. You know, I. that's a lot of wins. That's a lot of wins. He, but he could do it. He can, I, he can I, definitely I just, do it. I just believe, like, Severino, when he's on, he's very unhittable. Like, nobody could hit him. I, I've seen it. I've seen it with him. And just the injury has really derailed the early part of his career. So... Hopefully this next phase, um, 
Look, I just, man, the Yankees, the Yankees burned bridges with a lot of people, man, and they burned it with him. I really believe it. And, like, with Severino, like you're saying, like, the ball just explodes out of his hand. He is so much fun to watch. I know everyone, the Mets used to have Matt Harvey Day, but especially, like, always with Luis Severino, but especially last season because he was just on fire last season. It was Luis Severino Day. If Luis Severino was starting, you were watching the start of that game because you just didn't know what you were going to get, and he would come out so pumped up, throwing heat, just so much movement on his breaking balls. So much rise on that two-seamer, or four-seamer, I'm sorry. Um, just so much fun to watch. And like like to Kasim's point, I don't know if he's going to be around next year because I think so, someone, another team will come in and overpay. Um, so it's just going to be fun to watch him this year and see what he can do because when a guy's pitching for a contract, he usually has a good season. He, he's pitching for a contract. He, you know, he throws gas, Kasim said it. You know, In spring training, he's already touched 96, 97 miles an hour on the fastball you know obviously in today's age where you're looking at hey you know guys are throwing around 99 100 i think you'll see a little bit less of that with the pitch clock rule you know forcing guys to get pitches out a little quicker you know they're not going to be able to throw with everything they got on every pitch because they're not going to have an hour between pitches but hey i think if severino can keep it around 96 consistently year round Stay healthy. It's going to be really dangerous for the Yankees. So, and as Casim yeah. said, you'll be third in the rotation. Yeah, the thing is with the Yankees is they got you know, like I said, we don't like to get ahead of ourselves, but you know, Severino and Montas are free agents after this year. I mean, that's two pitchers that that could be gone from your rotation. So, you know, it's a priority. Uh, the Yankees is always based on pitching, no matter what. I mean, you got to keep your guys. Severino's still young. He's not old. Montas is young. He's not old, but. We're, we're hoping. I just, I just, like I said, we all hope as Yankee fans we win that championship this year. You know, absolutely. I don't know if losing Montas even counts because he's pitched so little for the Yankees. It's like, oh, oh, right, we had that guy. You know, like two years from now, you're <laughs> yeah. gonna forget he even pitched for the Yankees. He's he, Frankie Montas is gonna be one of those forgotten Yankees that everyone will write about on Twitter, and then next thing you know, I'm like. Oh, Frankie Montas. And then next thing you know, Frankie Montas is on the Bleacher Brawl show. And he, he will have pitched maybe as many games as Joe Asanio did. So huge shout yeah. out to Joe. Frankie, we'd love to have you on the show. Um, but let's move off the mound. Let's get let's just get to the infield right now. You know, a lot of I think the Yankees, no matter what, we kind of know what's happening at first base. Anthony Rizzo is gonna be locked and loaded there. On days Rizzo's not there, DJ will be there. Likewise for third base, as much as it may pain myself and John, but Kasim loves it. Donaldson will be at third in days that he has off. DJ will be at third. One name I want to bring up, second base. Glaber Torres has been off to a great freaking start, you know, to the spring training campaign. He um he's just been lighting it up. He's been electric. You know, every time I I see like a little box score. I'm like, oh, wow, Glaber Torres getting another hit. Oh, he got two hits. Oh, he's getting a hit. He's doing this. He's doing that. So Glaber Torres looks great. You know, Kasim has always said he's been a, a Glaber guy and he's not going anywhere. I know he's in, he's also in a contract year. And I know myself leading into this year, like, hey, you know, depending on where the Yankees wind up, you know, right all-star break trade deadline, you might see him stay. You might see him go. Kasim, how are you feeling about Glaber right now? I love it. And, you know, I, I gave my take on Glaber. I believe he's going to come back to the 2019 Glaber Torres. I think with the shift gone, I think he's comfortable. I think he's healthy. Uh, he's in the right state of mind. 
the reason why I say you can't let him go is not because of Volpe or Peraza. Listen, DJ is getting older. He's been hurt. DJ LeMahieu is in the perfect situation. You're a utility guy. That's actually what they signed you for, to play first, second, and third. Nothing against Donaldson. Donaldson's on a one-year deal. Is it we're going to roll with him? If he does well, he does well. If he doesn't, after this year, guys, it's a wash. He's gone. But Glaber, Glaber, he's two years away from free agency. He's still young. The guy has power. Listen, on defense, yes, he can get lazy. But who doesn't? There are a lot of people get lazy. I mean, you're not going to expect to play hard every 162 games. It just happened. But Glaber's talent, it's up there, man. And I love him as my second baseman. I don't want him to leave. I believe he's going to have a 2019 year. Glaber's going to be – Glaber, he, he's going he's gonna, to – be the reason why Yankees are successful this year. He's going to be part of the reason. If they all come back, you know, you guys can call him Wash Donaldson. He had a great defense a year, just his bat. If his bat does well, he, and it's going to be a big help to the lineup, along with Rizzo, Stanton, Glaber, whoever their shortstop is, from Vader, full year now in Yankee uniform to Judge bringing him back. The dead guy in left field and Aaron Hicks, Jose, <laughs> Jose Trevino at catcher. Um, the only one that can mess this up, it's his name, the manager, Aaron Boone. He always finds a way to F it up. He just knows how. This it's just it's in it's in his DNA, you know. Oh, let me F this up right here. Let me F this up right here. Oh, you know what? I think he starts pinching his ears. I think Aaron Hicks is. You know, he's having a great year, you know. <laughs> you know, just do yourself a favor and just shut up for the rest of the year. Don't say a word. But Glaber, Glaber is going to be one of the reasons why Yankees will be successful this year, and he's going to be part of it. Go ahead. John, thoughts on Glaber? Man, in 2019, Glaber Torres was so good. Like, we thought, like, we were going to have our next two great Yankees, Glaber and Aaron Judge. And you even thought, like, Glaber could be better than Aaron Judge. Like, Glaber could end up being a better player than Aaron Judge. And unfortunately, you know, that 2020 season really seemed to throw him off. He did not come into the season in shape. I know 2021 was a struggle, too. Uh, and then last year, he started out really good. In the beginning of the season, he had a bunch of, or like, you know, if not game-winning hits, he had a couple game-winning hits, but he had a couple clutch hits, too. And you thought like Glaber was really turning it around. And then for whatever reason, he kind of cooled off. Um, maybe there was injury. I don't know. I really, I, it's like with Glaber, it's like you prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. Like, I really, really hope we get some sort of 2019 Glaber Torres back again. But there's a point on a podcast last season where I think I just said he broke my heart. Like I just gave up on him. Like, I don't know if he can do it. Like, I don't know if we'll ever see that again. So I'm bracing myself for that's what I'm going to get out of labor Torres this year. And I guess in anything above that would kind of be a win. And if we ever get anything back to 2019 labor Torres, I would be so happy to come on this podcast and say, man, I'm so glad I was wrong about him just not having it anymore. Yeah, I won't. I won't lie to you, John. I think you know them moving him from second base. should. It really must have been mentally, and I didn't know it take two years for him to recover. Yeah. But I just like I said, I think he's in the right state of mind. They got him where he's at, and I, I still like his glove. You know, I mean, his bat is there. His bat is there. I mean, let's just see. It. And he's clutching the playoffs. You know, Glaber always showed up in the playoffs. Everybody knew it for Yankee fans. He he shows up. Uh, 
man, I, I, I can't wait to watch him. Just like we're so happy about Sevi being healthy, him coming back to form. That's the way I feel about Glaber Torres. And I he's really part of the future. I mean, DJ's getting older, you know, injury. Donaldson last year. I don't know what's going to happen with IKF. We know we got Volpe and Peraza, but and Zualdo Cabrera. But really, honestly, man, Glaber should be part of the future with this team. And they shouldn't even trade him. When they brought up that trade for Pablo Lopez, I, I almost lost my head, man. I'm like, dude, I ain't trading Glaber for Pablo Lopez. It's, uh, just, it's not, it's not, you know, they traded Luis here. Luis Arise, a betting champion. Pablo Lopez to Minnesota for Luis Arise. I wouldn't do that. I'm not trading Glaber Torres. I Man, I love his game. I don't care how Yankee fans feel about him. I love him. And he's part of my future. That's what I believe. Yeah, I, I think I think we're all rooting for Glaber Torres. You know, obviously, I'm going to root for anyone. If you wear the pinstripes, I'm rooting for you. You know, John said it best yeah. last year in 2022 yeah. in regards to Josh Donaldson, who John has been John has <laughs> been the one Yankee fan where he is the Tyone lover, and then he's also said this about Josh Donaldson. He goes, "He's a jackass, but he's our jackass." Yeah. And you know what? If you're wearing the pinstripes, I'm rooting for you. Even though, like John said it at times, like Glaber can be frustrating. Like when he's down, he's down. And he's bad when he's when when Glaber's bad, he's terrible. Like, and that's just it's not it's nothing. Like I'm not gonna say that I can do it better than him. I can't. I'm some schlub talking about it. <laughs> but you know, Glaber Torres, if he can get to 2019 form, that would be crucial. That'd be crucial. And I think. John, you you hope for the best and you, pre- and you prepare for the worst with Glaber. And I think what makes it sting a little bit more at times is because he's batting like fifth or sixth in the lineup. I think if he was seventh or eighth, it wouldn't be as big a deal. You know, like, oh, like there wouldn't be as much pressure. But because he's in the heart of that order where we are really counting on you to generate runs, you know, would... like it, it wouldn't be as bad if he was eighth. But because he's hitting fifth or sixth, you really need those runs. I would give him the opportunity to hit in front of Aaron Judge where pitchers have to pitch to him and like they have to throw the ball over a plate because then like he Glaber has the ability to use the whole field. We've seen it. Like we know like he's not a pull hitter, he's not a right-handed pull hitter. He's just a contact hitter that will, you know, he'll take what he if he if a pitcher's not really throwing the ball over the plate or giving him anything to hit, he'll just sit on it and take what he can get and just drive it to right field, bloop single, or hit it down the line for a double. He has that ability. So if you're hitting him in front of Aaron Judge, like you're not going to pitch. Glaber Torres is going to get pitches to hit mm-hmm. if he's hitting in front of Aaron Judge. And if Glaber Torres gets pitches to hit, Glaber Torres is going to get on base. It's like for everything Casim says, like I know I defend Aaron Boone, but that's one thing where I cannot defend. Like you should be giving Glaber Torres like 30 games to hit in front of Aaron Judge, see what he can do, and before you give up on him. I don't want to see a week of him hitting in front of Aaron Judge and then you quit on it. Huge mistake by Boone whenever he does that. Or the nerds making the lineup. I, I Who knows how it works over there. Yeah, I believe, I believe like, if you're batting uh, Harrison Bader on leadoff, I believe Glaber should be your number two hitter. Not your number five, not your number six. You should be your number two hitter. Then you go judge with Stanton and Rizzo. Then you follow with Donaldson. And whoever the three that they have at the bottom, oh, well. But Glaber, Glaber needs to bat number two. That, to me, that would be a perfect situation. His best position on the in the batting order is bat number two in front of, uh, you know, behind Bader lead off and Glaber and then follow. And, you know, you can generate runs. I mean, 
look, when Glaber gets hot, man, I've seen him, man, he bashes that ball like there's no tomorrow. He becomes a, just a real, you know, animal at the plate. So I think, like I said, the nerds or the, like John said, the nerds or Aaron Boone finds a way to screw it up. To me, he should be the number two hitter. That's just my opinion. Yeah, it. Cleaver, it's so weird that I think the Yankees have so many different guys that, oh, just bat him in front of Aaron Judge. Just just do that. Like, Is that the simple, like, how many guys can you bat in front of Aaron Judge? You know, like, how far are you willing to slide him down the, the lineup? And, you know, if Bader hits first, if DJ hits second, like, where, like, does that mean you're putting Glaber third and then Judge fourth? No, I don't think, mm. in the reality of things, I don't think it's that simple. When when everyone's firing on all cylinders, yeah, it, it can literally be, be that simple. But it's one of those, hey, like Aaron Judge, can he will the Yankees and carry the Yankees to another AL MVP over Shohei Otani <laughs> again? Um, I, I I'm not so. sure. Oh, I hope so. I would love yeah. that. I would love that. Um. I wish I had the clip of, well, I guess Judge is the MVP then. Oh, that's my favorite Luke <laughs> clip. It's my favorite Bleacher Rolls clip, to be honest with you. That was my Christmas present. Um, But yeah, I think we all have high hopes for Gleyber Torres. I think we, I, Yankee fans, if you're listening, you know what he can do. He's off to a great start in spring training, and we hope he keeps that going through the regular season. Um, You know, big topic of conversation in other in field spot has been shortstop. Um, Volpe has been enjoying his moments here in spring training, especially with the major leaguers. Um, IKF signs the extension, you know, he's got another year uh, or two years. Um, I've said it. I don't know if you guys agree, but Oswald Peraza is kind of like my guy who I think will win the starting job at the end of spring training. I know Kasim said he'll probably make the roster as like a backup infielder. Um, I think Peraza's look pretty good, but we really, as a whole, from spring training, we haven't really seen anything from these shortstops. Just, I don't know if you guys want to quick hit these shortstops, uh, Yankee spring training. Like, what are you guys thinking? How are you feeling? Is there anyone that you like, or are they all kind of just the same guy, just a name change? Go ahead, John. So for me, I mean, I think as of today, they're just kind of the same guy because we really don't know what we're going to get out of Volpe or Peraza, and we do know what we'd get out of. Tyner Falefa. Uh, it's crazy to say this. It's weird. I haven't seen enough to really give myself a preference. Like, I'm okay rolling with Parazza. I'm okay rolling with Volpe. Just if you do that, you have to give those guys at least to the all-star, uh, until the trade deadline. Be like, look, if you two aren't producing by the trade deadline, we have to look other options to bring in the shortstop. But if you can just compete and, like, show that you belong and just be good enough, like, we're going to let you stay at our shortstop. So whichever of the two you pick, I think you have to commit to them. Uh, I do think, though, they're going to go with the safe route, and that's go with Kiner Falefa. And, again, like, I know a lot of Yankees fans killed Kiner Falefa. Me and Barnes both kind of didn't. I think he is what he is, and he gave you what you expected from him. So if you're okay rolling with a 260 hitter who can kind of field, I mean, then just do it. But, like, if you, I don't know. I just don't. It's such, it's such a loaded question, isn't it? Because you know the like the Yankees aren't going to roll the young guys. They're probably just going to play the safe route, and you're just trying to convince yourself why the safe route is better than giving the young spark plugs a chance. That's what I'm doing right now. I don't know, Castle. Let's hear it. No, I'm John. I'm all in agreement when I said after last year when people ask me as a fan, 
what's going to happen with the Yankees? I go, they're going to run it back. Nobody believed me. You're not going to bench IKF. He makes $6 million. I think money has a lot to do with it. I'm going to go like to the old system. That's the reason why Aaron Hicks is going to start in left field. That's the reason why Donaldson's starting at third, and that's the reason why IKF is going to start at shortstop. Money has a lot to do with it. Peraza and Volpe, if you do well, congratulations. If you make the team, both of you, I'm happy, which I do believe Peraza is going to make the team. I just believe Volpe, the hype, whatever going on, I just believe he hasn't played enough AAA games, so they're going to send him down by May or June to give IKF two months. And let's see here and be honest. I like IKF. He struggled, yes. But name me a shortstop that didn't struggle in his first year in New York. It happens. If you name me Derek Jeter, Didi struggled, IKF struggled, I give him another chance. That's the way I am, like with Donaldson. I'm going to give him that chance. He's going to, we'll see what happens. We'll see what you do. But these guys, they struggled in their first year. I just believe maybe in their second year, they might be better. Okay, IKF, we're going to roll with you. But you got a short time. Your period is this small. If you can't show me anything, then we're moving on. Yeah, IKF, do I believe he could play shortstop? Yeah. Do I believe he's a better third baseman? Yes. <laughs> but Barraza, good shortstop. I've seen him play defensively. I love it. But he hasn't shown me enough with his bet. But at the same time, we can't judge. We got to wait. You got to give him time. But the point is, us Yankee fans, we're in a position to win, trying to go for the World Series, something we haven't done since 2009. You know, we have to win, so we got to show results. Oswaldo Cabrera, do I wish he was my starting shortstop? Heck yeah, I love it. I love his speed. I love his defense. I love everything about him. But that's not going to happen either. So that's another young guy we're talking about. But I believe they're going to run it back. I wish Ben Benintendi was here. Didn't happen. I wish Tyone was here. Didn't happen. But they're going to run it back. And let's see where it takes us. Just give these guys a chance. Give it two months. But don't be surprised. You know, hey, who knows in two months, three months, you can see the whole infield is the young generation for the Yankees going forward. Could have happened. But we're going to have to roll with what we got. That's what I believe. Yeah, I, I agree with Kasim here. I agree with you, John. I think IKF is going to be uh, – I, I think he'll wind up being the starter. You know, I I really think it will be – um, you know, I wrote in my column that I think Peraza will get the job. You know, I, I want him to be the opening day starter at shortstop. I really do. I think he's better defensively than Kiner Falefa. Mm -hmm. But as John said – you know, I'm like rethinking it now. Like, hey, like, you know what? We do know what Kiner Falefa can do, you know, both offensively and defensively. He's a 260 hitter. Uh, oh, which is, you know, better than the Red Sox leader, Kike Hernandez. Yeah. You know, 2022, Kike Hernandez, 222 average. Kiner Falefa, 261. You know, obviously those nerds will go, oh, well, he was her and he didn't have a... Uh, you know, the average doesn't mean anything. Average is dead. Oh, kind of uh Kike Hernandez um war for those war nerds out there. His career, who's he's had an extra four years and war stacks over the years. Sixteen point four war. Kinder Fluff is uh at ten. So listen, I think if you give Kinder Fluff four more years, he's gonna exceed Kike Hernandez in that uh leader for the Red Sox. So Luke suck it um moving when, to the kind of left takes on a leadership role with whatever whatever team he's on like, oh oh they're gonna listen to that guy 
<laughs> Luke, oh. Luke, let me give you some advice about Kiki Hernandez. He blows. <laughs> My man. Yes, that's it. <laughs> Huzzah. <laughs> so sliding out of the infield, we'll move to the outfield. Uh, and, you know, Kasim just alluded to the next guy I want to talk about, Oswaldo Cabrera. Uh, and left field, obviously, once again, it's one of those things where we had the merry-go-round of left fielders coming in, like trying out Willie Calhoun, McKinney, like all these, all these dudes. Um kind of competing for an outfield spot, you know, and at the beginning, at the top of the show, we uh, talked Jason Dominguez uh, just to highlight him real quick. He's looked great. You know, once again, spring training, it's low level competition. I don't think we'll see him in the majors at all in 2023. I think 24 is an, as a better projection for him, but quick shout out to the Martian hit a moonshot. That was pretty freaking impressive. Like no, no matter which way you cut it, he crushed a hanging slider it was awesome. The home run, Casso. I'm listen. I'm a big fan of Dominguez. I'm not telling you he's going to be a godsend right now. What I'm saying is that home run was pretty cool. Anyway, moving on. That home run in Florida and it landed in New York. <laughs> My man, he's hitting missiles. Oh, listen. The the Red Sox guys are getting excited over Bobby Dahlbeck every time he hits a home run. We're we're talking about a guy who is literally the Martian, <laughs> otherworldly talent. But anyway, moving on. New York Yankees major league team this year. Um, Kasim, I know you, you've kind of liked the idea of bringing in Willie Calhoun. Oswaldo Cabrera has been really good. Where do we think we're leaning to for left field position for the New York Yankees opening day? Uh, I hate to say, but we got the dead guy up in left field. It's going to be Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks. He can't be much worse than what he is. I mean, he already hit rock bottom. We'll see if he gets buried in the graveyard. Look, it is what it is, guys. And I hate to face you guys. We all have to face reality. Money has a lot to do with it. We're not paying a guy that has three years, $30 million left. And if that was the case and they were going to take on dead money, Donaldson wouldn't be here. Hicks wouldn't be here. The guy that they wanted to get rid of, they could have been gone. But that's not the case. Aaron Hicks is going to be on the team, whether people like it or not. We're just hoping, even though he's a Yankee, we got to hope that he succeeds. It's just reality. As well, the Cabrera, he's a perfect utility guy that could play everywhere. Even me, him in left field, I worry with Oswaldo Cabrera because, let's say him be honest, game three was in the playoffs against the Guardians. Cost us. When Schmidt hit it, Cabrera missed. It was an easy flat ball, and he missed it and ended up costing us the game, which I blame Boone for. But... um. With more experience, he'll get better. I love Oswaldo Cabrera. I think he's a great talent. I love his bat speed. But at the end of the day, Yankee fans have to come to realization that Aaron Hicks is going to be your starting left fielder, whether people like it or not. But there is a backup outfield position that's going to be open because I believe the Yankees are going to carry five. You got Trevino as your backup catcher. LeMahieu could play first, second, and third. Uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, they could play everywhere. And then let's say ICAP is starting shortstop. We got Peraza. So somebody's going to have to play the backup outfield. Could be Willie Calhoun, Esteban Floreal. Don't even get me started with Rafael Ortega, bro. I told you, that's Joe, <laughs> yeah, Astan- that's Joe Astanio's tag team partner. He can- Just the word Ortega, bro. He comes from WWF. I swear to God. Don't, don't even get me started with him. But listen, and Jason Dominguez, okay, that's good. To be honest with you, he wasn't supposed to be on this team. We're supposed to have Luis Castillo pitching behind Cole. 
And he was part of the deal. I wanted him gone so we can get Luis Castillo. Okay, fine. He hit a home run. Congratulations. He's gonna be he hit a he hit a home run off a guy who's gonna be bagging groceries in two weeks. I mean, look, he's a future talent, future Yankee, no problem. We'll see what he does. Guys, he hasn't played triple A yet. He's going back to the minors, just like Volpe. And we'll go from there. Yankee fans come to a realization that Aaron Hicks is going to be your starting left fielder. You got to take it with a grain of salt and just swallow your pride and hopefully he bounces back. That's it. That's all I got to say on it. John, Yankees left field. How are you feeling at, with a couple days into spring training? Well, it's crazy because it is going to be Aaron Hicks because of the money. And it's crazy to think. And like in 2017, Aaron Hicks was probably the most underrated player in, in baseball, if not like not just the Yankees, in baseball. One of the best base runners I'd ever seen. Cannon for an arm. Had power from both sides of the plate. Really worked counts. From that point on, like, he was always hurt. Always. Every single season. Every single season, you're like, all right, this is going to be the year where we see that 2017 Aaron Hicks again. And Aaron Hicks gets hurt. And then now, ironically, we're like, man, I really hope this guy gets hurt. Like, I don't want him playing anymore. No, he's not. He was healthy last season. He's going to be healthy this season. Uh Dude, we're stuck with them until, like I said, maybe we get lucky and the injury bug strikes again. And again, I don't want to be the guy that roots for injury. I'm not rooting for injury, but I hope it's nothing severe, just something that kind of knocks him out for the rest of the season. (laughs) What do you do? Like, what are we supposed to do? This guy's terrible. It's like, at what point, like, at what batting average like what low level insignificant amount of production would he have to do to get benched for a guy like Cabrera or Willie Calhoun like at what point are are you calling it or are the Yankees calling it you know like are we are we talking the Mendoza line like what like, was the Joey got... Gallo line or the yeah. Gary Sanchez line where they're batting like 130 but they're still playing every day I think Tix is gonna get that treatment I'm giving him one month I'll be fair. I'm going to give him one month. Look, bro, if April, you're not doing anything. You're betting 200 and you're not doing, bro, it's just, is it you cut bait or you move him to the bench or whatever you want to do? I don't know what you want to do, but I'm giving him one month because enough is enough, man. I mean, we're trying to win a World Series. And if, dude, if you can't do anything, bro, it's time for you to go. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know. It's not like Donaldson. Donaldson, I can last with. I can last with him. But Aaron Hicks, there's other options. The reason there's just other options you can go with. You could move Cabrera to left field. You can move Stanton, which I'm hoping that it could happen if Aaron Boone figures it out. If Stanton could find a way to play left field, that and okay, and just to bring up to our point, Barnes and Johns, if you play Stanton left with Judge and Ryan Bader, that opens up for DJ LeMahieu to be our DH. Okay, you know, yeah, right, baby. Listen, the only reason why I say we can't play LeMahieu every single day, let's say here and be honest, the last two years, he'll play four months and then he gets hurt in the last month. Then we're missing him for the playoffs. His bat is a big key to our success, not only defensively, but his bat lead off bat number two. I mean, that's a perfect one, too, with Bader and LeMahieu. I love it, and we really missed them. And that's the reason why when I seen Stanton play the outfield. And I've seen big numbers from Stan. Stan's not a slouch. The only thing is, is that everybody thinks he's a liability. No, I think if Stan's healthy, which he's been, put him on left. Let's give it a shot. Put LeMayhew. You want to win? You want to win a championship? You want to go far? 
You can play small ball from the top to the big boys at three, four, five, six. Makes sense. You move Lemayhu to the DH. If you guys want Lemayhu's bet in the in the lineup so bad, okay, we got a spot for you. Put him at DH. Put Stanton left. Makes sense. Why does Aaron Boone always find a way to f it up? That's what pisses me off. Stanton's not a liability. He can he can do it. Play him in left field. Get him his reps. Let's go. Come on. Now they're talking about. Oh, let's see if Aaron Judge could play left. Why you want to screw that up after an MVP year? Why? Why you want to play Aaron Judge in left field? Oh, Stanton used to play right. Okay, just forget about it. Judge is a better right fielder. Put Stanton left, and it opens up beds for DJ LeMahieu at DH. If that's the way you want to do it. If not, if you don't want to go that route, guys, everybody, Aaron Hicks is just starting left fielder. And that's it. And that is the problem because, like, with Stanton, when they do play him in left field, he does eventually end up getting hurt. And it's so how long are you going to run with that before you risk it? And that's the thing. It's so stupid. Like, I know that was a suggestion. Like, oh, what's well, well, you could put Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge in left field and John Carlos standing right. And I think that was a really stupid idea. And it is a stupid idea. And then it's like, well, you sit there on it, like, well, Maybe they have to do it because Stan does get hurt when he's out in the outfield, or at least in left field. Right field, there's less space. I mean, I still wouldn't. I don't know what the solution is. The Yankees handicap, like handcuffed themselves by taking on that John Carlos Stanton deal, and we're years in now, and you just see how it hurts the lineup, and it just the guys they can't figure out what they want to do with them, and I, I, I don't know anymore. This team is so poorly constructed. As much as I want to say, hey, I want us to win the World Series, like I still feel like we're still the second team behind Houston. And there's all these question marks that we just can't figure out. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm still for that John Carlos Stanton deal, man. I was so happy when we got him. And I and he's one of my favorite players in Major League Baseball. I mean, whoever says that oh, Stanton's this and Stanton's dude, you were probably all jacking off when we freaking traded for him. So I just want to tell the people that. <laughs> As a great man once said, don't hear what I'm not saying. I <laughs> I love John Carlos and he's been one of our best hitters in the playoffs. So like I'm not knocking that trade at all. I'm just saying there is it definitely hurt like hurt your flexibility in within the lineup. Yeah, I mean, no, you're right, John, and you know, it's just like I think Stanton with his injuries with the Yankees, I think they're all like fluke. I think Barnes, you talked about it one time we were on the podcast that the medical staff they had to fire everybody because there were just freak injuries everywhere. It just we we could we didn't know what the hell was going on, and I just think with me as personally me watching Stanton play the outfield, I think he's just more into it, just sitting on the bench and waiting for him to swing a bat. I think he's just more energetic, and I, I we seen it. Remember he carried us versus Boston. In the playoff game, even though we lost, but he went on that stretch, like two-month stretch, where he was just bashing home runs like crazy. And everybody was loving it. They're like, oh, John Carlos back. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying he's handcuffing us or it's just, like you said, construction of the team. But if I could find a way to keep Stan healthy and he's ready to go, I'll throw him in the outfield to get LeMahieu at his bats at DH. I'm for it. But I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I think it's kind of weird. Um you know, Cassim, you just said Stanton's one of your favorite guys. You know, I think we were, as Yankee fans, we were all pretty jacked up that we we're going to get a guy who could hit 59 home runs or had that potential in him, like hit north of 40 regularly. Yeah. You know, and one of my favorite, it was that same year um, at the end of 2017, going into 2018, one of my favorite players who was Stanton's teammate 
also went to a new team, Christian Yelich. And it's like, hey, let's hindsight is 2020. Which would you rather have, Giancarlo Stan or Christian Yelich? Obviously, both have had health issues, especially as of recent. Both had awesome years for their new teams and the last team, you know, the Marlins. It's which would you, you know, if you could go back and redo it, would you still take Stan or would you go Yelich side? Cassim, I'll start with you, then we'll go to John. I still go with Stanton. I mean, that was my guy. I know everybody, and I know where you're going at, Barnes, because the the year that Yelich had was an MVP uh, stellar season and everything, but I would still go with Stanton. That's just my guy. Yeah, for long term, I'm going with Stanton too, because Yelich was amazing for a brief period of time. And then I don't know what happened. I know there were injuries, but he's just never gotten close to what he was again. Yeah, it's it's such a shame. Like I I really am a Christian Yelich fan. Uh, that's my dude. Um, not to take away anything from Stan, it was just one of those things. Like, yeah, I don't know what happened to Yelich either. Like, he kind of just, <laughs> for lack of a better term, he died. Like, he he just died. He's like he was like Aaron Hicks. You know, it, I know the was... contract. I know the contract for Yelich is bad, but I'll still take him to be my left fielder. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. I, mean, I would. I think. Here's another, like, you know, what we're talking about. He went to Milwaukee head, and now these fluke injuries that killed him for the last three seasons kind of like, oh, where's Yelich? What he's going to do? But, you know, I'll, I'll still take him if he could just stay healthy and with his bat and his glove. I'll still take him. And you know what's interesting about Christian Yelich, like, coming off the MVP season in 2018 and then 2019, he was second MVP voting again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're looking at 2020 with the, the fake season. You know, that Kike Hernandez won his championship in, um, the new leader for the Red Sox, who's also a scrub, that an ice cream cone eating third baseman who just got a monster contract is not going to listen to. Um, but 2021 and 2022, struggling for Christian Yelich is a 248 average and a 252 average. And he had, you know, obviously he didn't put up near the home run numbers he had during those MVP years or close to MVP years. You know, he didn't even have close to his RBIs, but he was still kind of getting it done on a Brewers team that has been relevant. Not super competitive, but they've been relevant in the NL Central. Say what you will about that division, but Christian Yelich is, you know, they were that relevant last year without Yelich effectively. You know, so I think I would have gone Yelich in that deal personally. That's just a me thing. But hey, you know, you Yankees have probably couldn't have gotten it done with him either. So mm-hmm. um, we're nearing the end of the show. And I had a couple things for the Red Sox guys. Um, somewhat fair or foul. This is mostly me at them so they can answer it when they record. But I'll also let you guys weigh in. Because, you know, these Red Sox guys, as I said earlier in the show, they're like a bunch of monkeys throwing poop at each other and then throwing it at us from last place. And then in Patrick's words, people who look at last place and, you know, places is stupid. It's for losers. It's oh, if you make the playoffs or not. And, yeah, I agree. And last week when I said, like, hey, like, listen, Boston will be lucky if they're competing with Baltimore for third place, which is a wild card spot. They'll be lucky if they're doing that this year in 2023. I posed it to the Red Sox guys. I posed it to Luke. You guys probably saw it in the group chat. But here it is, me on air saying it, that the Yankees and the Red Sox are going to square off, what, 13 times this year in 2023? The Yankees are going to win this overall season series between the Red Sox. I think 
that the Yankees are going to go mm, nine and four against the Red Sox this year. Fair or foul on that? Yankees winning nine out of 13 games against the Red Sox this year. What do you guys I'm think? Go foul. It's cause just because these series, these are always close. Like the money, the odds, the money is probably on seven to six. Like the Yankees win it, but it's close. But I'm just feeling lucky this year, so I'm going to say eight to five. Cass? 11 to two, Yankee favor. That's what I want to hear. Oh, man. And their one win, I mean, two wins could be when Chris Sale's on the mound. Because, like (laughs) I said, even though I can't stand Boston, I'm not a fan of them, but there is one guy I'm keeping my eye on, and I'm a fan of him, and that's Chris Sale. I want to see what he does. Yeah, he's going to pitch really well for like three innings per start. Well, I, if he's healthy, time. if he's healthy and, you know, he's ready to go, I I believe because he's a guy everybody's going to want to trade for at the deadline if he's healthy. And he's a guy I'm keeping an eye on for. So that's only one guy I'm rooting for for the rest of it. Everybody else, when Luke, when Luke said on our last show last week, he said they're going to win. I'm gonna win 87 games. Dude, you're not winning 87. You'd be lucky if you hit 500. I'll give you maybe 79 to 81 win, but dude, you guys are good for last place. I'm sorry, you're not that good. Just you know, Red Sox. I know he's always optimistic, wants to keep his eye. Injuries, injuries. We understand, but your team's really not that good. Let's just sit here and be honest. I mean, James Paxson, are you freaking kidding me? I thought the guy was dead for a minute. How the hell is that guy still in the league? An oh. interesting stat. I know Luke was saying the Yankees have to watch out for Radon's arm injuries or, or injury history. And Radon, over the past two seasons, has pitched like 310 innings. Kluber, Sale, and Paxson combined are like 292 innings. So those three guys combined don't even match Rodon. But their Red Sox fans aren't worried about injuries for those guys. And even if they do manage to stay healthy, like – how long before arm fatigue sets in? Like, how many innings are these guys going to pitch before you have to lift them from games? Like, how many innings are they going to pitch before you need to shut them down for a couple weeks because they're getting dead arms? Your older guys coming off seasons where Sale and Paxson, because of 2020, really haven't pitched in three years each for those guys. And Kluber only averaged just over five innings to start last year, and now he's a year older. Yeah, yeah. that's the team, in my opinion, that really needs to consider a six-man, seven-man rotation. That's just the honest truth. Give those guys the extra rest they need. I mean, really, Kluber, dude, he'll be lucky if he averages four innings. Like, this guy is washed. Him and Paxton. Paxton threw three pitches last year, and the guy went straight to Tommy John. Like, get the hell out of here, dude. Freaking, what what do they call him? The Great Maple? Big Maple? Yeah, yeah, Maple. Like, for what? What the hell did he do? Maple syrup. It's just causing diabetes. Causing diabetes internally for the Red Sox and then yeah. pairing their so winning ability. The Yankees got him, and then he just turned out to be crap. The my my next one was uh, the Red Sox will not make the playoffs in 2023 because I keep hearing all these Red Sox folks like, oh, you better watch out. You know, it's kind of uh, reminds me of that 2018 where we didn't really have anyone, and I'm like, yeah, you guys have no one. You're not going anywhere. Oh well, if Chris Sale's healthy. Oh well, if 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 Kluber does what he could. Do, oh, if Paxton's healthy. It's a lot of ifs. You keep saying if, if this, if that, if this, if that. The Yankees have a lot of big ifs. And guess what? We've just been losing to the Astros year in and year out in the playoffs. We've been there in the playoffs. The Red Sox are irrelevant. Red Sox will not make the playoffs in 2023. Fair or foul? 
Completely yeah, fair, and I blame their leadership. That's right, baby. Starts in the locker room, right? Yeah, fair. Of course. And you know what? Let's say Sale's healthy, Kluber's healthy, Paxton's healthy. What are they going to all have in common with Paxton, Sale, Kluber, Jensen, Martin, all these guys that you signed? You know what that means? If you guys do well, it could be all traded by the deadline, get prospects back and go younger. That's Shine Bloom. That's his, that's his MO. That could happen. The Red Sox, you better face reality that if all these guys do well, they could all be traded by the deadline. That's exactly what's going to happen. That's the secret plan. Hey, that's you honest, know, that is the secret plan. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, the the Red Sox, and I said it last time, and then Patrick and those Red Sox buffoons, yeah. as Luke calls us, those Red Sox buffoons, they're like, oh, well, you, when I said that Boston wants to be Baltimore, they really do. They're making these low-level signings. They're signing these just these dudes to contribute. But it's like, hey, like if your team is crap and these guys are doing like pretty well, I could totally see a contender trading for Chris Sale, trading for a Jansen, trading for like, you know, oh, let's just sell off these pieces. We'll get more prospects and then we'll just further our tank. We'll just yeah. keep be rebuilding. We'll, oh, we're rebuilding. Oh, we're rebuilding. You know what rebuilding it, saying you're rebuilding is? That's the equivalent of saying someone who's ugly and they're like, oh, they got a good personality. <laughs> no, get that crap out of here. Red Sox fans, you guys are lunatics. This is the Yankee show, baby. We're coming at you. Baseball's you're here. Red Sox fans, you're ugly and you have a bad personality. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Absolutely right. Um, and then my last fair or foul is that I will finish higher in fantasy baseball this year in Bleacher Brawls fantasy baseball than the Red Sox guys. Fair or foul? Fair. Fair. Absolutely I'm not fair. about fantasy baseball, but I'll just say fair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really. See, me either. I don't listen. I'm just gonna. I'm going to make it an objective to finish higher than them. If I am in seventh, they will be eighth, ninth, and tenth. Boom. Come at me. Um. So let's just round the bases here. Let's just bring it on home. We're walking it off. We're just getting ready to leave. Any final points? You know, from Yankee spring training, from this awesome Yankee show. John, I'll start with you. Anything you want to let the listeners know? I am I very much enjoyed this recording. This was the most relaxing, fun, best recording I've had all off season. And tune into our recording that's going to be released on Monday because I am sure I'm going to hear about it. And I'm going to have to listen to these guys respond and be completely, complete lunatics, irrational lunatics about all the truth bombs that we dropped on them tonight. Cass, anything for the listeners? Uh, just guys, uh, spring training's here. The WBC is coming. Uh, World Baseball Classic, hopefully no injuries, no major injuries happen. Uh, what else? Um, what else was I thinking? Man, I had it in my mind. Now it slipped. Uh, let's just get out of spring training healthy, and hopefully the guys uh, keep going forward, and quest for number 28 begins. Absolutely. And for me, Barnes, my last thing is, hey, if you're listening, tell a friend, share with a listener. You know, you got a friend who's a Red Sox fan. You got a friend who's a Yankees fan. You guys can all listen to it together. You can enjoy it. You can join our debate. You can tweet at us. You can reach out to us anywhere. We would love to hear the trash talk. Me, I love hearing the trash talk. I had to start getting the trash talk going because baseball's here. Like, we've been seeing some spring training. I was like, yo, I got to fire the fellows up here. Let me just say something ludicrous because apparently all I do, according to Luke, is stir it up. Right, just like Luke does. He stirs things up. He deflects crap, and he's just like, oh, well, you know, uh, Kike has a ring. Shut the hell up. He didn't even do it with the Sox. He did it in an illegitimate year. 
Luke, get your crap, get your head out of the toilet. Here's some Charmin Ultra. Wipe the poop from your mouth. All right, because you're doing a lot of poop talking. I don't like it. I'm cutting a wrestling promo here, brother. <laughs> Luke needs a drop. He needs a leg drop from Joe Astonio. So, Joe Astonio, if you're listening, I know I didn't have a good a chance to sit down and interview with you, but the next time, I can't wait. I want to do the interview. That's right, Joey. Baby. We miss you, brother. And as a brother to our brother, please keep it in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> so you heard it from us. We had a blast. We hope you did too. Thanks so much. And we'll catch you next time. All right, folks. That's the latest episode of Bleacher Brawls. Thanks for tuning in, for rating us five stars, and leaving us a nice review. And don't forget to check us out on bleacherbrawls.com, on YouTube, and on Twitter. Well, then I guess Aaron Judge must be the MVP. Thank um, you. So- All right. Brawl's over.